Life Her Podcast. Her is me, her is you. Her is us, her is she, her is we. United we stand, baby, that her for keeps. I'm coming and I demand my space. I know it's free. I owe myself the world. They tried to count me out. I've been down some dark roads. They tried to pound me out. From cloudy to sunny, ain't think that I would make it out. I needed positive emotions to fill me out. We have this amazing queen on Life Her Podcast. She was recently featured in Forbes on the five ways anti-racism protests will change your business. We talk about different things as far as adversity and diversity and advising women professionals on how to use social complex issues within the workplace. How could you stand up with a male counterpart in a workplace, especially in the corporate world? We all know that's another topic for women working in corporate under a whole bunch of men. But however, we are going to get everything talked about right here on Life Her Podcast. Hi, Aisha. How are you? Hi. Um, so tell me a little bit more about yourself. What was your upbringing like? Where are you from? Were you raised in a single parent home or both parents? So I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up, you know, in a really tight knit community. So my mom is one of 12 and my dad is one of 11. So I had a big, you know, a big family. And my parents were married um, most of my childhood. I mean, they were married until I was 12. And, you know, um, when they were, when they divorced, my dad, who's in the military, he traveled a lot, but we're very close. So, you know, I've always had both my parents in my life and I'm very lucky. My son can't say the same thing, but, but I can say that. Okay. Well, it's still a blessing. Either way, because at least you able to experience it to know what is need to be given to your son. Right. And I'm married now, so I've been married for eight years. So that's good. Yeah. Yes, that's a true blessing. So um, did you, what was life like once you got out of your parents' house and you started to become on your own? Okay, girl, let me tell you what happened. So (laughs) when I was graduating college... I had some really cool instructors. I I was a creative writing major. So I was an English major with a focus in creative writing and it was my passion. And I was like determined to be a writer. So um, some of the professors got together and got money from the university and they sent me to Washington DC to the Hurston Wright Foundation's Writers Week. And um, I went to Writers Week, and when I went to DC, I called my mama. I was like, "I'm never coming back." I was like, "I'm never coming back, and you can keep my car, and I just need you to keep my kid for six months because I'm never coming back." And wow. I, I didn't go. Back. <laughs> I did not go back. Um, I moved to DC and became a teacher, and um, I, I lived in DC for a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. When I left DC, I moved back to Birmingham and um, with my mom and I was determined, okay, it's time to move to Atlanta because that's my favorite place. You know, I'm like, definitely moving to Atlanta. 
Um, so I was actually going to job fairs in Atlanta, trying to find somewhere to live in Atlanta when I received a job in North Carolina, which is where I live, um, to teach in Asheville. So that's kind of how I got here. Okay. Um, and I was recruited here on um, a diversity, equity, and sort of inclusivity um, program that they had where they were looking to bring in more Black teachers, more male teachers, and really diversify their staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of came in on that way. Nice. So have you experienced anything in, a, you know, as far as diversity of everything that you do, especially you mentioning? Um, Ford, when you were on Ford, you talked about the five ways of anti-racism and protest. Have you dealt with racism yourself with you being in this field? I mean, I've dealt with racism because I'm a Black woman and we all are dealing with racism, right? No. Um, I've, I've had issues with diversity on a lot of layers. Um, being Black, being a woman, um, mm-hmm. you know, being a certain size. Uh, there's all kind of ways in which um, people aren't ready for you to enter a room or a space when you walk into it. Um, I've experienced age um, issues. So I've experienced a lot of different issues. So for me, I think, you know, we all have experienced things. I think it's how we come out of those things and what changes we create that really matter because we're all dealing with it. Yes, that is true. Honestly, I never, I never um, experienced a um, racism yet. I you, would, you may not know that you've experienced it. That's true. That's true. I probably example, like, like. Let me give you an example. So uh-huh. you, you you have a podcast, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to consider you an influencer. Yes. Correct. Um. Okay. In influencers when it's time to get advertisements and to get paid, there's mm-hmm. a big discrepancy in how um, people of color podcasts are being funded than how people who are not of color podcasts are being funded. So, you know, you might meet a person who um, may not have as many followers as you, may not have been doing this as long as you, it's easier for them to get access to funding than it is for you to get access to funding. Okay. That do that do make sense, and I never looked at it that way. I think because I be in so much tunnel vision, I don't be paying attention. Because and I think a lot of people think racism is about how people treat you outwardly. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, I, I have thought that too, and even um, like I have a daycare center, and now that you said that, I may have dealt with racism in that area for my daycare center, even from a, a black woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I have dealt with it because it comes to a point where, you know, they don't want you to prosper too much or mm-hmm. they think you getting too much shine or anything of that nature. So I, I understand it. Since you put it that way, you are yeah. right. I mean, like when you think about racism, this is how I like to tell people to think about racism. Because I mean, I have friends who are... Um, white who are amazing who I love but they still may uphold racist practices or racist policy so racism like we're not as for example racism we're not asking white people to like us we're not asking them to be friendly to us we are asking them to change the policies and procedures that are 
precipice. So here's an example. There's a, a article trending right now where this black, well, this actually multiracial couple, the, the wife was black and the husband was white. And the husband showed the house and there were black pictures on the wall of their mixed racial kids. Um, and of course, the black woman who birthed them and their families. And the house was appraised at one price. They oh, took yeah. all of the all of the pictures off the wall and it was appraised at 40% more. So then let me tell you what that means. That means the policy is if it's a black family who lived in this house, it's worthless. That's racism. You don't have to like me. You don't have to be my friend. You ain't got to invite me to your house for coffee. But how are you telling me that my dollar in the American system is not worth the same as yours? That's racism. Yes, that is true. And how do you how do you help? So you help companies basically to overcome these different type of situations from them developing, right? So what I actually do is help people see themselves more clearly, and mm-hmm. I help them develop the the. I help them key into their own personal influence, morals, and values, and I help them decide for themselves if they choose to be equity advocates. Meaning, I can't fix your your heart. I can't come into your, your company and change your heart, but I can come into your company and show you what it is you don't know to do the right thing, if it's what you want to do. Right. Have you ever had, like, a battle when people really can't you know, receive what you're trying to tell them to do? Girl, all the time. I have this YouTube series called What I Want My White Friends to Know. So every time I get super frustrated with all my white friends whom I love, I say, y'all, we got to talk. And so I'll get on Facebook and and then I'll put it on YouTube. So we'll talk. And so I had someone actually reach out to me and was like, um, so my thing about individuals and racism is that individuals can't really conduct racism but they can uphold the practices and the policies that happen to be racist and a lot of people unconsciously have racist practices within themselves that they don't even realize so for example if I am a black woman and all the networking events I go to are black That's a personal practice that I have instilled within myself that tells me that I am not going to be diverse because I'm not networking with a diverse group of people. I'm not, I'm choosing not to. Whether I'm conscious of it or not, it's something that can be regularly seen. It's something I should be able to to check in my own analysis, right? Right. So if you are a white person and everybody at your church is white, everybody at your in your neighborhood is white then it's time to ask questions. That's a that personal practice though, right? Yes, it is. That it, that it really is. <laughs> and you know, sometimes it's kind of hard because, you know, sometimes Black people only know Black people and they're afraid or they don't know where to go to meet another culture or, you know, vice versa. So what advice could you give people to start networking outside of their race and connecting with people? For me, I think 
you know, I look at my professional spaces. So if you are a person that is in tech, so you have this podcast. So I go to WordCamp. WordCamp is a, it's hosted by WordPress. They're all across the country. And it's a diverse group of people that are there for me as a black woman because um, there's not going to be a lot of black women there, but there are some. I've met some lifelong black women friends from WordCamp, but I also have met some white friends from WordCamp that are going to be lifelong and some Jewish friends from WordCamp that's going to be lifelong. But the thing that we have in common is that we all are into WordPress, right? We all are into building our blogs and our websites and, and our companies. And so we have something that is in common And we really want to know each other and we really want to help each other thrive and grow. And so when you start experiencing those types of positive relationships, Mm -hmm. then I think it's easier to continue to come out of your shell. Um, So I would say like finding professional spaces where you can really get together. Right. Yeah. And that's, that'd be great for people to start stepping outside of their comfort zone and starting to fill out other things with other people. But just dealing with racism alone, it's about controlling your thoughts and how you react to things too. Yeah. And it's about, you know, so I'm not really sure how to change a person who is racist heart and mind. Yeah. I'm not really sure how that happens. But I think that it happens in relationship. You know, the more you see, the more you know, the more you understand. Yeah. Um, and I think we we do have a lot of racist people, but yeah. we also just have a lot of privileged, unconscious people. Yeah. And so there's a difference between being racist, meaning I'm doing this to hurt you. I'm doing this um, because I don't know any better. And then privilege allows people to do it, but they can be taught how to do something different very easily once they can recognize their privilege. And that's what most racist activities come from. You you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Most people don't, because if you're privileged, if you have money, then it doesn't bother you. You never thought to look at how many black women podcasts are being supported versus white women podcasts in this area code. Because you got your money. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> that is, you ain't lying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you living good. So why should you be worried? Yes, that is true. That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> and so tell me a little bit about how you go about advising women professionals on how to use a social complex issues within the workplace. So basically, I have designed this course, this institute for Lenora Ryan University. And so it is housed out of the Lenora Ryan University Asheville campus, but it's a corporate training that really develops equity advocates. And so when you're an equity advocate, you are anti-racist, but you are so much more, right? You are an ally for the LGBTQ community. You watch out for those who may experience age discrimination mm-hmm. or who is, who's experiencing gender bias. So you're looking at more than just um, being an anti-racist, although being an anti-racist is important. You're really looking at how do I pro- approach my work from a professional sphere? How am I showing up in my work to, to be the type of person 
that advocates for a widespread change and make an impact in the systems that I'm in. So I really help professionals level up and really disrupt systems and create impact and change where they are. That's amazing. How how long does that process take? Like what you do, you meet with them weekly, daily? No, actually it's a 30-hour program. And I mean, 30 hours um, that you do over the weekends. And I have a staff of professionals who, um, together. We have over 100 years of diversity, equity, and inclusivity experience. Um, you take these courses and then you participate in the induction so- sort of ceremony of this process called the folding chair. And from there, you're actually ready um, to go back to work and say, okay, I have done 30 hours of diversity, equity, and inclusivity in education, in technology, or in business, and now I'm ready to show up. Mm. That means you done paid attention and you focused in and you know your rights from wrongs. Yeah, and you're ready because you have a strategy, right? So one of the things is like, say for instance for you, so you're growing your podcast. Let's say for example, you're like, I really want my podcast to be for who's your target market? Um, I like diverse. I have a lot of diverse women, but it's mainly a lot of African-American women. So say if you say, I really want to hone in on my audience of African-American women. And I want to get even tighter with what who I serve. And I want to serve CEOs. I want to be the podcast that every woman listens to on Monday morning who runs a company and not just black women. So you come to this course and you're like, I know how to reach black women, but how do I reach um, differently abled women? How do I reach white women? How do I reach um, Latinx women? Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Or, or Latino women. So how do I do that, you know? Um, so for me, I feel that that's what people really need. You were saying, when you look at my website, is this inviting for everybody? Did I design it so that everybody, when they come, even though like I'm a black woman and I'm hosting this show, did I design it so that when a white woman comes, she knows that she's welcome and I want her here? Like mm-hmm. those are the kind of things that we kind of help you deal with through your process. Okay, and that, and that's good because it gives you another outlook on how to network in another culture. Because all all of us we we're the same, but at but at the same time we're different. So for us to reach out and have that type of network and you know cater to everyone, I think that is amazing because it helps us all get to know each other, our state of mind, and our conversations because some of them may some of us may have the same conversations every day but how will we resolve anything mm-hmm. so that that is I mean that, that's good that you do that because it's so important and you know a lot of people really aren't looking at it but I think now in these times that we're you know that we're going through currently it's like even more important. So I'm sure you've probably been getting swamped. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can always take more business, girl. We always take more business. But I think, yeah, it's a really important time. And I think, um, you know, I live in a city where our city council passed reparations. 
So okay. black people are going to actually get some form of reparations from the city level and the county level. Our county passed it and our city passed it. Okay. So we we are about to see a widespread change. Mm-hmm. And people are waking up and they're ready. Wow. And, and that's true. And, and we really are. And it's good that people are waking up. Maybe this is the time for everybody to start to shift into another direction of their lives and recognize their, themselves, self-love and everything too. Mm-hmm. So how, um, how to stand up against male counterparts in a workplace? And I know this is really difficult, especially in the corporate world. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I worked with, um, in my last leadership position, it's so funny, I worked with three guys and one LGBTQ person with the pronoun they or he were their preferred pronouns. And so I was the she in the bunch. So, um, and it's interesting because two of those guys now work for me. <laughs> so it's Ooh. funny. But, um, of course, I would. I love them death. I, you know, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do something with the people who I I roll with. You know, yeah. um, so. <laughs> um, but what's interesting about that dynamic for me isn't about like how do you stand up to your male counterparts. It's how do you not have to stand up to them because there's a a, a play a workplace respect. Um, that is in the ingrained in the culture of the company, and that falls on the C-suite. Right. So if you're if if you don't have a culture of inclusion where everybody is valued, no matter their gender, because we have some people that don't even identify with a a gender. You know what I'm saying? So we really have to have workplace cultures that are inclusive, that make people have a sense of belonging and that allow people to really thrive in their workspace and to be valued as a professional. That is true. That that is very true. (laughs) So what advice could you give women that are in the corporate world on how to even maneuver around that? Because some people don't don't have the ability to just up and get a job, another job so soon. And who's to say they won't experience it at that job, too? Definitely. Um, I think that, again, it's the workplace culture. So, you know, it's going to your human resource department and not necessarily having to, you know, rat anybody out. Um, I've, I experienced that early in my career. Um, <laughs> but, um, and it, it doesn't play out as well as we always wanted to. So I don't, you know, I think the best thing to do is go to, um, go into your human resource department. I think women have to support women. So I think in places where there are minority, um, number of women, then there needs to be like a women's group that's meeting so that you all are building rapport with each other and really helping each other climb up the ladder and really respecting each other and loving on each other. And um, I think that's a piece of it. Um, I think another step is constantly in your workplace environments offering training um, about unconscious bias, um, anti-racism and other things that affect women, right? So Mm -hmm. I think it's constant training. I think it's being together in a cohort, in a real supportive environment um, and being heard and listened to. Yes, that's true. Now, what grasped my attention was you said women support women. How important is this? Because it seems like sometimes women have a hard time 
supporting each other. We have the mean girls and then we do have women that support each other. But what advice that you could give to women on how important it is we are better together than apart? So shout out to the mean girls because we know that the mean girls need a little extra attention and a little extra love, right? We know that the reason why they're being mean is because they aren't getting enough love and attention. So shout out to them. Let's give them the love and attention that they need to be better. Um, And we want to acknowledge that this problem that we say about women didn't come from women. It comes from being in a patriarchal society. um, And it comes from us being sort of... um, against each other right because in a lot of companies there's only going to be one woman on top there's only going to be enough room for one so that didn't come from us um so the first way to fix it is to change our workplace culture where we have a, a token minority or a you know so if it's a token like if it's only one woman that can be in leadership she feels like she has to crawl everybody else away from that leadership position but if you have several leadership positions and it's equitable and diverse and anybody who qualifies can actually get the job and it's not a token like one woman position then that doesn't have to exist right um so we want to acknowledge that that is a real feeling that those women are feeling and that it is um, it's real. And we can see that in hip hop. Do you ever talk about hip hop on this podcast? Um, not too much. I haven't okay. really brought anybody to touch base on it, but you can. Right. So I'll just touch base with the Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. Like it was like, there couldn't be two phenomenal rappers at the same time. Like it just couldn't be. It just, it's, it can't, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so because of like that dynamic, can you blame either one of them for their actions when it just, they, they, the industry couldn't let two queens exist at the same time. That's true. So literally we watched Nicki Minaj who had the number two album in the world be called a failure because some time ago, a different woman had a number one album, not even at the same time. Their, their albums weren't even in competition. Right. Right, but because there's only room for one, that's what breeds that behavior. To me, that's a perfect visual example. Um, yeah. And I, I heard you say, "Yeah," so you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's it comes with society of other women that causes feud and hatred, and you know when two women are having different negativity going in their ears instead of coming to realization like we are better together as two artists that would have been phenomenal they would have made i want to tell you that was racism and gender bias policies yes so if you listen to Nicki minaj her thing was my record label didn't push my my album as hard because I was not like they didn't do this like her issues if you really sit down and listen her issues are they wouldn't let me do this thing like it was really racism or genderism like if you know what I'm saying so that was that towards women artists anyways right with a lot of women artists instead of you know they don't do that with the men right and I just think that's interesting because like a guy who has a number two album he's a goat forever you know if you go back and like watch you know 
watch these different podcasts. Like he's 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 on top forever. So I just I want to say like yes, women are clawing for their positions because the environment creates that, and that women inherently love other women. Um, and we get into situations in the patriarchy that makes us fight for our survival. Yes. And that's true. And that, that even goes for, you know, everyone is saying now, um, black women aren't protected, (laughs) you know, it goes to say for that because we do, we do hold and carry a lot of weight from many, many things. And then when it comes to us being saved or someone really looking out for us and protecting us, it's like they, they turn their backs. So that's the same thing of a scenario on what happened, even though Cardi B was huge then, then we have Nikki, everyone's used to her. So let's just turn our back on her and let's just go with the newbie, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so many things, but it has to be a point where us as women click on our common sense, be like, oh, I see the agenda. I see what they're trying to do, but we're going to overpower this and we still going to come together and not pay attention to what they really want us to do. But you got to understand something. It's really hard to be to deprogram something that has been programmed in you since birth, right? That's, that's so true. when you were watching, um, you know, we all have, we've always had this replacement sort of dichotomy. I was actually on Facebook yesterday, and um, do you remember that show, Boy Meets World? Yes, I do. And they were like, did you go for Corey or did you go for Sean? And I was like, I didn't go for either. But it was set up and I could see hundreds of people saying, I like Sean. I like, you know. And so I'm like, yeah, when Brandy and Monica came out, you had to choose. Um, When when Power, um, when um, Empire came out, it was going to be Cookie or the other girl. Like, this is what our society has told us that it has to be one or the other. You had Maya Angelou. You didn't have any other poet. It was either Maya Angelou or nothing. That's Mm -hmm. how our society has raised us to think. And that is white supremacy. That's the work of the patriarchy and it keeps us separated. But it's really hard to deprogram because it's so prevalent in every action, in every piece. You're either going to be Christian or you're going to be Muslim. You're going to either like Coke or you're going to like Pepsi. Like you have an Android or an Apple. Like that's how we are set up. Yeah. And if they will ponder it until, you know, until they get their point across. Right. Until they see everything is working. It's, it's just difficult. I see that on a lot. And me personally, for myself, I I try my best to, you know, shift myself into a different direction until not on what they're trying to make us do. Yeah. Because that's like very, very important. Do you, um, do you have different specific trainings on something like that specifically? And do you do like quizzes or tests to see where people at mentally? So, you know, I'm, you know, my son is the um, psychologist. He's the one who's majoring in psychology. But, um, you know, we really do corporate trainings and workplace trainings. Um, mm-hmm. I can do all partnership through projects and kind of help people think through how they want to, you know, be more equitable. I can do an equity audit with the individual and kind of see where their projects are and like how they can infuse more equity into it. Um, in my um, 
private business coaching, I do coach um, women who are ready to take their business to the next level. And a lot of times we deal with mindset and we deal with um, discipline. Okay. And, and the discipline is very important too. I know I've I've dealt with a lot of things on um with my center and having staff. I think my I think my worst experience was really just hiring people that I know and they don't adapt to the environment, but yet that's when the disciplinary come in and when you turn into a business mode, they don't like it because they're used to knowing you personally. Mm-hmm. Isn't it sad? Yes. Because you're like, I want to make money with my people, but like you want to make money with your best friends. You want to make money with your people, but it just, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it always, it works like that all the time. No, it doesn't work. And that's something that I learned and I will never do it again. (laughs) (laughs) I will never do it again. So what other, do you have anything coming up as far as anything that you have Yeah, we have a couple things coming up. So the Lenore Ryan Equity and Diversity Institute, we're open for a registration right now. um, And we're open through October. So you can register for classes and start in September and actually get that certificate by the end of the year. Um, And these certificates really um, help you in terms of giving you the strategies that you need to make a change today. Um, It also is a great way to meet um, diverse groups of people um, and to to grow your network. Mm -hmm. We also have, you know, I I produce a talk show called The Asheville View. And it is a, um, you can find it at theavlview.com or theashevilleview.com, either one of those. And um, we have weekly, weekly content. Um, and I also have been, you know, very, very in my business. And so I'm always pouring back into the community. So October 3rd, my team and I will be doing a free business accelerator training October 3rd through the 5th. And that's when we have business owners come in and I share my mentors with them. Um, and I share with them, you know, what I think they need to be successful in business. And we give them some courses and classes and introduce them to um, resources and it's a great weekend if you're just trying to grow your brand or your business and it's um, free wow that's amazing could you tell me a little bit more about um the Asheville view the, that you produce yeah so the Asheville view um is probably my response to an argument with my husband <laughs> so my husband um works at WLOS which is like the ABC syndicate for um, our market here in the news and he's been there um, well over 20 years and when I left my job in teaching I was like I'm gonna be a journalist and he said you didn't take this class or something like that like you need another class and so I was so offended I was like hmm I'll start my own one day and so when the opportunity hit I just took it um, and I wanted to do something very different. So our our team is um, Black and LGBTQ. So we have a trans host. We have um, a gay host. We have an Afri- a true African-American host. She's from Northern Africa. She's from um, Morocco. 
Um, and then it's me. So the four of us are just cutting up, having a good time, interviewing people, sharing recipes. And um, like one of our hosts caught COVID. So he talked about that experience. Um, just different. We're just we're just sharing with our community and we're talking to people who normally aren't spoken to. And we're loving on our community and we're making a difference. We've, you know, interviewed our city council people, just a, just a number of things to, that, that all feel good and right. Yeah, that's really good, especially the fact that I like that you're giving other people a voice. Sometimes we focus on the known people instead of the people that really in the communities and really could be an advocate for anybody. Yeah, I mean, we've been able to do some really great stories and really make sure that people who um, who aren't normally heard are heard. So just to tell you, like, like some of the stories that we've covered, we had a young man here who was beat up by the police and got um, $650,000 in a lawsuit. Um, he had been quoted in, I mean, he had been talked about in the Washington Post. He had been talked about in USA Today because when it happened, the footage of his beating was leaked. And so it made national news, but no one had ever sat down and talked to him. So we did a three-part series actually listening to him and finding out what happened that day, how did it affect his life, how did it affect his children, you know, what does he want the community to know about the situation that happened. So like that was one of our interviews. Um, Our trans host was a guest on our show before she became a host and she's amazing and she talks about her transition at work so what was it like to transition and to be married and to have five kids and to to have a job and to be really present in all of that and so it's a beautiful love story because um tina went from tom to tina and um tom was married to mary and now tina's married to mary so she she did not get a divorce they have okay. five children together. It's a really interesting story. So those are Wait, the kind of things. Transition? No, no. Mary was always a woman. Okay. So Mary married Tom, and now okay. Mary's married to Tina. And Mary okay. says she's a situational lesbian. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so. that's, that's really different. And it gives other people an outlook on it because a lot of people are going through that transition right now. And just to even know that you can move forward in life and not worry about being judged, but yet you've battled a few things. It helps other people to give another view. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's like you guys are have a huge show of reaching every form of content possible, really. It feels like that some days and sometimes it feels like a little you know, the little engine that we wish could. <laughs> but I'm very lucky to have a supportive team and a supportive family and to be embraced by my community. And this is just a really good time for me. And, you know, um, I'm just here to, to, to love. Wow. And that's all we need is love. More of it. <laughs> Well, thank you um, for being on the show. Um, What is something that you can give to women a word of advice to move forward in life, live life and release things and just anything positive, a positive affirmation for them? So my little positive affirmation uh, 
I like to look in the mirror and I like to say, Aisha, take up more space, twerk it, charge them more. Wow. You talking to me. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So, yes. Take up more space, twerk it, and then charge them more. Yeah, we'll tax. <laughs> uh, you know. With tax. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate this informative conversation. I've learned a lot myself just even talking to you. And, and it's a topic that really isn't, you know, it's not really broadcast that much in a positive way. And it mm-hmm. people to really not pay attention to it. So if it's more common and, you know, to a point where we could both converse back and forth, it's a lot better and people will be able to take in and understand where you're coming from. So I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on Life or Podcast. Well, thank you for having such a great podcast and keeping women inspired. We yeah. all appreciate you. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm trying. We got to keep us together. Yeah. Thank you everyone for tuning in to Life Her Podcast where we help heal women all over the world. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook Life Her Podcast and check out our YouTube page as well and make sure you subscribe. You can also look onto our website and you can purchase merchandise and listen to the podcast episodes. I am Yvette Lloyd. I am Life Her. Love yourself ladies. Take care of yourself and others you love dearly. Stay tuned for the next session, don't make it be your last